0: weekly fans brews and Broncos news
1: what's going on and welcome to week two of the rager show powered by orange weekly i'm your host ray and it's the rager show i'm joined by jared j rock how you doing brother i'm
0: doing pretty well i'm uh happy to be here after a week one win and
1: i, I missed some money last week right i don't know about you <laughs> hey man you know what there's nothing better than winning except for when you win the when the Broncos win and you win money. So we had an amazing week. Again, we are the Rager Show. If you're not familiar with what we do, we basically just put money in your pocket. We are a Broncos-focused show that's going to look at sports betting, fantasy matchups, all through the Broncos lens, and we are part of the Orange Weekly lineup. We are the best Broncos content around. You name it, we got a show for it. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, pregame, po- podcast. We got podcasts during the game. I mean, you name it, we got it for you. You're the best Broncos news, man. And so... Jared, you're right. We won. We won a game in September. We were 4-1 on our wagers last week. I mean, what, what a better way to start the first week, huh?
0: You can't ask for a better showing in the scoreboard. I don't think the scoreboard for the Broncos showed exactly how dominant we really were against the New York Giants, who just last last night on Thursday, as we record, uh, record this Saturday, just a couple nights ago on Thursday night, the Giants weren't looking terrible against a uh, Washington football team. So, look, I'm super confident in our team, and I'm super confident that we're going to get rolling. And, again, 4-1, you can't beat it.
1: No, absolutely not. Just to recap, we covered all of our um, prop bets on all the players except for that we had um, Daniel Jones throwing an interception. He didn't throw an interception in the game. But Von Miller, welcome Ooh. back, Von Miller. couple of sacks. The defense looked amazing. And I think, Jared, to your point, on Thursday night – the, the- you know, the, the Giants looked like they were a formidable opponent. I think that week one win just looked even better on the schedule after watching the way that they played against the Washington football team, who is supposed to also have a top five defense, and they really put up some numbers against that. So what are your what are your general impressions about just this this defense first in general? I mean, this defense is exactly as advertised.
0: I think that's the best way that we could yep. put it. I mean, Vaughn Miller back even without Bradley Chubb. Uh, he's still questionable for this week. We were still getting pressure from the other side. Oh, I think yeah. Reed was playing very well. Uh, Jonathan Cooper got in there a couple times. Look, I love Vaughn Miller, and I absolutely—you know—everybody had the questions on what was going to happen when he came back. And not only was he getting back there for the sacks, he was getting back there for pressures, and yeah. he was holding his—he's holding his gap in the outside run game, which you cannot ask for something better. He looks like he's back better than ever, and I love it.
1: Yes, and you're right. Von Miller, of course, getting to the quarterback is what we pay him the big dollars for. But his his ability to play in the run game and his ability to just be disruptive on the defensive side is really what makes Von Miller a Hall of Famer, a Ring of Famer, an all-time Bronco great. So I totally appreciate that. Now, a quick question for you, though, Jared. Your preseason rookie of the year, Patrick Sertan, mm, you know, there was yeah. a little bit of a question whether or not he was even benched in game one after he kind of gave up that big, long touchdown pass missed attack I don't know if it was 100% his fault it looked like a little bit of safety help should have been there but with that being said Sertan is pushed into the starting lineup this week what are you expecting from the secondary knowing that we have a little bit of a change on the outside yeah I, honestly not too much I, I think Pat Sertan had
0: a little bit of the rookie uh rookie rumbles going on right so he had a, a missed tackle that 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 turned into a touchdown and then there was a big a big uh, catch that he kind of um, underplayed and I think coach Fangio said something that he just wasn't playing it tight enough w- yeah. where he wanted to be playing him the guy's too athletic out there he's too big you know he's a rookie and he has to understand that he's just as big as the rest of these guys that have been in the league for a long time so once he gets that going I don't think there's going to be an issue Bryce Callahan's still going to be playing in the slot yep. still going to have Patrick Sertan on the outside I I foresee against the Jacksonville Jaguars offense who struggled last week yes um, I definitely I definitely foresee him having a, a much better slash bounce back game, if you can call it that.
1: Yeah, and hopefully if he plays well now and finds his way into that starting role, you know, that rookie of the year proposition there, defensive rookie of the year is going to look pretty darn good to have a defensive player like Sertan on the outside. This is a good point here. Let's talk about uh, fantasy football implications right now. I think your Broncos defense is another top three defense this week. I think they're going to be an absolute slam dunk. Trevor Lawrence, boom or bust first week, right? Three touchdown passes, three interceptions. It seemed like it was either going really great or really terrible. But overall, I think this Jacksonville team has got to be um, one of the worst teams in the NFL right now. Am I, am I reading that right, Jared? I mean, Absolutely. I, I mean, just the, the Houston Texans team that came in
0: knowing they're in a rebuild. Yes. They got rid of everybody in the last two years. They're in a rebuild. They don't even have their starting quarterback. And they absolutely demolished this Jacksonville team.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say Broncos defense, if you have it in your lineup, Kevin Dandino, because um, Kevin Dandino drafted him, no, I think, no, in the no, third no. round. You know, go ahead and throw him in there. I think they're a no doubt slam dunk play this week. I'd love to see the Broncos off or defense get a couple turnovers. Um, we yes. didn't quite see that as much in the first week, but I'm excited to see what they can do this week. So. Here we go. We're going to break down the game again. The Broncos defense, I think, is a slam dunk without a doubt fantasy play this week. Even if you're doing your daily fantasy lineups, if you want to throw the Broncos defense in there, I think you'll be in good, good shape. So Vic Vangio gets the monkey off his back. He wins a September game. The next monkey, I think, that is on his back right now is really to go to the coast and win an early morning game, right? And so you get the Giants in week one, probably a little bit of a you know bottom 10 team in the NFL. And then you get probably the easiest team in the NFL to play against on a morning game on the road. Now we talked about this in the first week in the in week one of the NFL. When you're talking about sports betting, you want to bet on known commodities. You want to bet on known commodities, and that's exactly what we did. You got to know something about the week two of the NFL. It is the overreaction week. You are going to see lines. Things are going to overreact. The betting public is going to overreact to various things that we see. And so that's what we're thinking about in the backdrop here. As is we're going to break down this game is that this is an overreaction week. So we're going to see what the lines look like. We're going to see what Vegas has done for us. And guess what? Like always, baby, we got a couple of gems in there. So, Jared, position breakdown. We're going to start on the outsides, work our way in. Um, Jerry Judy goes down. Covers our line for us in the first week. Goes down, uh, looks like, it looked bad on the field from my perspective, but it looks like, um, you know, four to six weeks, and we'll see him back maybe week eight-ish here for the season. Tim Patrick, old reliable, comes in there. He scores our first touchdown. Uh, Sir our, uh, Sutton was basically a non-factor. K.J. Hamler could have had been the story of the week, but drops the big touchdown. Break us down the wide receiver matchup. Broncos wide receivers against that Jacksonville secondary.
0: So the first thing I want to bring up, and, you know, Teddy Bridgewater played a hell of a game. Let's start there, right? Yeah, He played. Not only did he just deliver, uh, you know, he at, at, in the first half, I think he only had three incompletes, and I think one of them was a drop. So um, what I love about Teddy Bridgewater is he threw 28 receptions to nine receivers, Mm, Nine receivers caught those 28 balls, which I think is amazing uh, from a a team standpoint. A little bit harder from our standpoint, we're sitting, right, right? Yeah, right. right, So, and the other thing that I was a little bit surprised at, and yeah, we put KJ Hamler in there in a couple plays, but for the most part, Tim Patrick was our number three receiver, even when Jerry Mm -hmm. Judy was in there. I think that they really liked Tim Patrick as a star And I think that they're really putting him out there in positions to be a number one slash number two read for Teddy Bridgewater. I'm a huge fan of that. And I think that that's perfectly fine because Tim Patrick is more than capable of being a number one receiver anywhere else in this league.
1: Yeah. And and I think when when I think about that, you know, Jared, you know, what we're looking for were Bridgewater, second game as a Bronco. We're looking for comfort level. It was clear that Judy, he was more comfortable with Judy than he was with Cortland Sutton. I, I think what you're getting at here is the question is, is he more comfortable with Tim Patrick? Or is he more comfortable with Cortland Sutton and, and potentially not a healthy Cortland Sutton? Or is it you know is it KJ Hamler type? So I think you're I think you're getting to that right now. Is trying to make that prediction is is a it's yes. proven to be a little bit of a challenge for sure. Yeah,
0: I mean Tim Patrick had four targets and four receptions, all reliable, right? He was the one that had no drop passes. Got in the, the touch, got in the end zone. Yep, mm-hmm. right. Uh, Cortland Sutton had one reception on three targets, so he's even targeting Tim Patrick more as the number three yes. receiver. So now put him out there as the number two slash number two, right? Think of Cortland Sutton's number one. I still yeah. think Tim Patrick's going to be the guy. He loves his slots and that's where tim patrick was playing a little bit that's where he got his touchdown out of yep. uh and kj hamler is gonna have to fill that spot uh for this slot so those are my two favorites i uh, you were talking about known commodities ray i don't like the idea that Cortland sutton got one reception for 14 yards he yeah. was t- only targeted three times i feel like there's a little bit to be concerned about there not not to be yes. concerned about the team but uh, to be concerned from a fantasy slash betting uh
1: betting spot Right. Predictability. That's what we love in fantasy or uh, fantasy and in sports betting so we need predictability. The Cortland Sutton deal is hard because it, even in the preseason, it was sort of a boomer bust type of a situation for Cortland Sutton, right? I think it was what preseason week three, he looked amazing. Old Cortland Sutton's back. And then first week of the season, we get that. Um, Anybody on the Jacksonville secondary that even concerns you or are we winning every matchup across the board right now?
0: Across the board. Absolutely. Across the board. Our, our, you know, and, and I think we mentioned this last week, too. That I don't think there's going to be very many secondaries that we can really say uh, match up or maybe better than the receiving core that we have. We, we're really high on this receiving core. Uh-huh. And I think e- at, at any given point, like you said, nine receivers last year, caught, last week caught a ball. Anybody could be out there catching yeah. a ball. We could have our third string, uh, fourth string guy out there. Um and catching balls. I don't see any problems on this secondary. If anything, their slot cornerback and Campbell Tyson Campbell was really struggled last week. Yeah. Uh, Shaquille Griffin, who was cut by the Seahawks, is now no. picked up as their starting cornerback. Right. I I, I don't see any issues in this secondary.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. So let's let's bring it in inside. You know, and again, our our favorite fantasy target, our favorite sports betting target. A Noah Fan had himself a great game. Albert O, a little bit of a boomer bust type of game. You know, almost you know coughing up the ball, but also getting in the end zone. Uh, how, tight ends, give walk me through the tight end matchups here against. I think what is it, Wilson and Jack, are the two the two uh, linebackers over there.
0: Yeah, those are the inside linebackers. Miles Jack is always going to be an issue. He struggled last week against the Houston Texans team um, in the past specifically, right? Mm. Um, you know, they, they didn't have too much of a run game going. Um, let's let's double check this. Let's see. The Texans only had – oh, I'm sorry. Mark Ingram ran all over them.
1: Nah, uh, yeah, 85, yeah, yeah.
0: 85 yards, 26 carries, 85 yards. They were struggling on the, on the secondary side. We'll get to the run game here in a minute. But, um, yeah, no, I don't see anybody against – Again, if even if they put their slots out there, we're going to absolutely yeah. toast them. If they yeah. try to put the linebackers out there, we're going to toast them. I just don't – I don't see a situation where our two tight ends don't absolutely excel in this game.
1: Yeah, and, and if you think about Bridgewater's complete – or attempts, we're talking about attempts, right? Now. I think he had 35 or 36 attempts in the week last week. 11 went to tight ends between Fant and Albert O, and so – if you're thinking about that, and I didn't even, I'm only including Fant and Albert Owen in the situation. I have no idea. Let me just double check here on our lines here.
0: Yeah. Um, Sobert,
1: one reception. He got two and he had two, two, two targets on Sobert. So we're talking 13 of his 36 attempts going to tight ends. That's a little bit over 33%. So a third of the time, you know, Bridgewater is targeting a tight end in this offense. And so I think that is an important nugget for us to hold on to, particularly in the matchup this upcoming week. Bringing it in here, now, one of the things we went into last week was just how what what was the divide between Gordon and Williams going to look like? And I think we both predicted that Gordon would get a little bit more of the fair share. Now, if you didn't watch the game and you look at the stat sheet, you think to yourself, damn, Gordon dominated the game. But I I don't think that that is true if you really break it down. If you take out the 70-yard run, I think Williams probably spent more time on the field than Gordon did, right? Well, he got more carries. Yeah,
0: Williams got 14 carries and Melvin Gordon got 11 carries uh, on the game. Now, Melvin Gordon did have a few more receptions. He had three receptions to, to Williams one. Sure. However, 14 carries for 45 yards, averaged 3.2 yards every time he touched the ball, which I think is for a rookie, you can't ask much more. And uh, to that point at the beginning of the game in the first in the first couple drives, Gordon wasn't getting going. Right. On the run game, and Williams was Williams was getting five to six yards every time he touched the ball, and it, to the point where I was getting scared because, I'm not scared, but you know we had the we, we had, had the, uh, yeah. a bet on on Gordon to get the reception yards, and they just kept playing Williams, and I was like, I'm not going to get my reception yards <laughs> if you don't play the guy, you know. So, but, but it was it was cool. It, it turned into more of a. You know who is the healthier slash hotter hand, which yep. works out well, and it got to the point where it was like it didn't matter what play call, what down and distance, what it was. Either one of those guys could be in the backfield blocking, going out for a pass, or running the ball, and right. and there was no concern on the coaching side. I think I, I liked that a lot.
1: Yeah, And I mean, wear wear him down, and then Gordon Gordon pops the seventy yarder. He shows his home run yeah. speed. You know, you take out that seventy yarder. You know, Gordon's ten carries for thirty one yards is what his what his total was at that point in time, you know? So that's an interesting thing to keep track of a quick note here. As of Saturday morning at eight o'clock mountain standard time, we have no lines on Williams, but if you're, if you're paying attention right now, if you see Williams carries in the 10 to 12 yard, 12 to carry Mark. I would take everything over. If you check O W ragers on Twitter or follow us on our Facebook or any sort of our feed, social media feeds, we'll post some stuff live there. If I see something come out, I will post something there. I also like Williams in the thirties for his over under yards this week. So if you see um, a line for Williams come out closer to game time, 35, 38, 40 yards, I think he is worth a take with that said though, with the two running backs, I think both of them are a non play or a non factor in fantasy this week. Again, it looks like it's gonna be 50-50. It looks like it's gonna be hot hand. I wouldn't be surprised, Jared sitting here next week, and Williams is the one that has 10 carries for a hundred yards and a touchdown, and Gordon's the one sitting at 14 carries and 45 yards. So I I just it it feels like they're gonna ride the hot hand. I would stick away from both of those. It looks like Gordon maybe has a slight upside in a PPR type of a league. If you have a PPR out there, um, as he looks like he got three or four targets compared to Williams's one or two, so um, take that for what it's worth. Uh, both Broncos running backs are non-starters for me in fantasy this week. Bridgewater, oh my goodness, I've been wanting to ask you this question this entire week, Jared. Did we just witness Bridgewater's ceiling game? Are, are we? Did we watch the best? That we're going to see out of Bridge, and if the answer is yes, I'm, I'm good with it. If we can get that on a semi-reliable situation, you know, I don't think Bridgewater is going to be dropping. uh, you know, uh, who's who's in who's Arizona's quarterback? Um, I can't think of his name. Um, Callie Murray. 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 Yeah, uh, he's. I don't think I don't see Bridgewater being a four-touchdown, one rushing touchdown, five-touchdown total type of a guy. Probably at any point this year, I don't know. Did we see Bridgewater's ceiling game, average game? What, what kind of game did we see from Bridgewater last week?
0: From a QBR standpoint, I think this may be, and I, you know, I, I hesitate to say this. This may be his his best game all season, but I do think this is going to be more consistent than what we've seen in the last five, six years, right? I think this is going to be a more of a consistent look, and you know, I, I say that after one game, but I really do believe just the way that his he's processing his receivers, the way he's processing mm. what's going on, I think it's going to be more consistent. Now, his number, his QBR, again super high number one qbr in the in the league last year uh, last week um, because he was so consistent so accurate with the ball now i could see his qbr going down with with more incompletions but i definitely see his yards being he had 264 yards in the air and two touchdowns yeah. i could see that being much higher i could see him having 300 300 yard three touchdown four touchdown games now sure. i'm not i'm not saying he's going to have you know, 400 yards, five touchdowns. It's not going to be like a Patrick Mahomes style, yeah. but I do see him bumping that number up. Like, imagine, imagine KJ Hamler catches that touchdown. We right. are talking about a 300 yard, two three totally. touchdown game. So, you know, it's a little bit, a little bit different. I don't think that was a ceiling for him as an as an overall quarterback, but as far as just consistent, not making mistakes, mm-hmm. play that was probably going to be his best game in the league.
1: Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm going to frame it this way, and this is the part that I'm hesitating on: is the game that we just watched. I think that is the Bronco blueprint this year. Get up early, go seven, you know, up seven, up 10. You have, you know, a top three, top four defense in the league. And then we are going to put it on cruise control. We're going to set it at 65. We're going to roll down the windows and we're going to let it ride. And so I think to your point, Janet, does, does Bridgewater have the, the capability to throw a 300 yard passing game? I think the answer is Yes but I don't think the Broncos want to get into any shootouts whatsoever. I think they're happy. They would be happy this week beating the Jacksonville Jaguars 21-10 and just calling it good on um, this week. And so I, I think what we're going to see is the governor, or the, the thing that's going to limit Teddy Bridgewater's ceiling is going to actually be the style of play that we're going to see from the Denver Broncos, where once we're up, we're good. It felt like even in the second half a little bit, there was a little bit of a, a cruise control sort of element to the game. Um, again, but to your point, Jared, Hamler catches that ball, you know, we're over 30 points. You know, Teddy Bridgewater's got three touchdowns. I mean, it might look a little bit different on paper, but I do think that the Broncos do want to play that style of game. With that said, let's start with Bridgewater. His projection again this week is 253 yards passing um, over under. I'm going to stay away from that. I I, I I just think it's right, again, right where we're at. It's the right in the threshold. He's He threw for 264 last week. It's 253 this week. I don't have enough data on Teddy Bridgewater. I just found this to be an interesting stat for you stat heads out there, though. The over-under on touchdown passes for Bridgewater is, is one and a half, so meaning that is he going to throw more two or more that would win your bet? Right now it is juiced to minus 200, which means that you would only get half of your money back. And so the betting public is hugely in favor of Teddy Bridgewater throwing over two touchdowns this week. I just think that that's interesting, and that might play into a factor of who catches those touchdown passes. So you might want to think about this week. Um, looking at some anytime touchdown score, is it a, is it a Fant? Is it a, a, a Tim Patrick that gets in the end zone? If they think that Teddy Bridgewater is going to throw at least two touchdowns this week, somebody's got to catch them. And so I think that that's an interesting nugget. Let's play the receiving game, Jared. I want you to rank our top three receivers when this game ends and on Sunday at 2.30 when we're sitting there in the box score and counting all of our dollar-dollar bills because we've smoked the Rangers again this week. Who's our number one receptions, uh, receiving yards? Just rank the top three or four guys, Sutton, Hamler, Fance. Throw anybody you want to in there. Give me your prediction on who has the most receiving yards and kind of do the top two or three or four. So I'm going to say Patrick with the t-
0: probably the top receiving yards, if not the, for sure the top targets. Okay. Uh, and then I'm probably going to go Noah Fant. Uh, Noah Fant had the top targets and receptions yep. last week. You got to stick with the old reliable, right? Um, You know, this is this is a Noah fan every week betting page. Uh, (laughs) We love (laughs) Noah fan around here. We love Noah fan around here. Uh, Six reception, six two yards last week. Yeah, so on uh, eight targets, Patrick. Tim Patrick, Noah fan. I think Albert Albert O. Like you said, thirty three percent of our throws were thrown to tight ends. Yep. I think he's going to be a top one. And then uh, between KJ Hamler and Cortland Sutton, I think they're going to average probably about four receptions. Um, yep. You know, four or five receptions. I'd like to see Cortland Sutton get more into it, but like we said yep. earlier, it's a, it's a it's a big question mark.
1: Yeah, the I mean the 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 lines right now have Sutton at fifty four yards. He's our number one projected receiver next week. I'm I'm gonna stay away from Sutton. I'm not even gonna touch it until I can see some reliability from Sutton. If Sutton has a little bounce back game, you know I'd love to see him three four five catches. I think we'll look at Sutton the following week, knowing that he might be emerging as the number one. But until we know who's number one between Patrick and Sutton, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hesitate there. Tim Patrick's at forty eight point five yards. I love Tim Patrick this week. I think he's gonna be a great one. When Tim Patrick was relied upon last year, Jared, what happened? I, he didn't drop a single ball. Not a single ball. I think he was the only. Was he one or two receivers in the entire NFL last year to not drop a single ball? Yeah. And I think he had that stretch of three games over over a hundred yards receiving. I think right now with the unknowns, I like Tim Patrick's forty eight point five way more than I like Sutton's 54.5. That's just, you know, between you and I and all the folks out here that are listening. So I'm going to take Tim Patrick's yards this week. I like him at over 48.5. I think that that's a great one there. Hamler is at 35.5. I I think that's another one that's just super interesting. I I, I think I want to stay away from Hamler still. I don't know why. There's something that, there's like some mental block for me to bet on Hamler. I just can't like get over that mental block. Um, Hamler sitting there. But I think here's where the money is here this week fans at 45.5 i told you at the beginning of the year if it's at if it's ever below 40 we're taking it i don't even care who they're playing they can be playing against the number one de- they could be playing against the tampa bay buccaneers defense at this point in time we would still take fan at 45 i think there's still some value there he had eight targets last week he is without judy there who had the second most targets last week i think fan is got an eight target game again at 45 yards but here's the one i really love Albert Okwebanon is at 16.5 yards this week. And so I've given you one of my secrets when I'm looking at these lines each and every week is I compare the receptions and the yards together. Albert Okwebanon right now is projected to have 1.5 receptions over under, but the over is heavily juiced, over minus 150 odds there, which means that the betting public really believes Albert O is going to catch at least two balls this week. Well, if Albert Oak catches two balls, is he gonna get over 16.5 yards? My answer is yes. I love over 16.5 yards. That is my major rager this week. I think that that is the gem of the week. Albert Oak been on over 16.5 yards. Tim Patrick over 48.5 yards. And then I think you can take your taste there. If you like Fant at 45.5, I wouldn't bet, I wouldn't hesitate one bit to take the over on that. And if you like Hamler at thirty five point five, I wouldn't hesitate for one bit to take that because Hamler could get that in one reception during the game. Jared, thoughts about in general about those lines? What are your what are your initial gut reactions to those lines there?
0: I mean, I like it a lot. So I was looking at this and uh, not to not to hesitate on it, but Alberto had three receptions for sixteen yards and touchdowns. Granted, that one reception was like a two yard touchdown. Yeah, right. If if you know that that and that was kind of like a, a, a. freak play um but yeah if he gets targeted more than two times he's absolutely going over 16 yards i agree Uh, get him in the outfield with jerry judy out we're gonna be running that two tight end set probably he's gonna be out there they were they were doing the same thing that they were doing with williams and gordon where with with the tight end spot it was whoever was in it Would it didn't really matter what what the play was who was running it as it didn't matter who was in, they could run whatever, which I really like about that. Um, I do think Alberto gets a little bit more love this week, especially yeah. after he saved Teddy from that uh, from the yeah. sack and to end up getting him a touchdown. I think there's yep. a little bit there. I think I love
1: that line. Love it, love it. So that's where you're gonna go. So Patrick and Alberto, those are my two ragers on the receiving propositions this week. Again, if you're gonna take Hamler or Fant, I wouldn't blame you not a second there and take either one of those guys. Um, Sutton is a non-factor for me right now until I know anything. If you have him in fantasy, I think Sutton is a desperation flex play if you need somebody out there who's got some maybe wide receiver two upside. Patrick is your reliable wide receiver three with a wide receiver two upside, and then I think Fant always he has tight end two with tight end one upside so I think those are your plays this week uh Gordon sitting at 50.5 rushing yards again a little nervous I'm gonna stay away from Gordon this week again I'm focused I'm waiting for Williams to come out if Williams is coming out anywhere in the 30s or low 40s for his rushing yards I'm taking it and if his rush attempts are anywhere in like the 10 11 12 range I will also be taking the over in that game I am predicting a massive blowout here we might see a little bit more run towards the end of the game, which might mean that the rookie's got to do a little bit more running than, than Gordon does. Cause he's the vet. Uh, I think Williams has tremendous value this week. All right, Jared game prediction. I know you probably did it on your pregame podcast. Uh, give us your breakdown, Jared. How do you see this game playing out? I,
0: exactly. Like you said, you hit it, hit it on the head. I think we're going to go up a little early, uh, you know, first quarter halfway through the second quarter, I can see it being a close game, but I definitely see us breaking out before the halftime. And I definitely see us carrying it away in the second half, kind of like we did against New York, uh, where it's just, you know, we take over, we take control, and uh, there's nothing they could do about it. I do, I really want to see a turnover here, and I think that that's going to be a big, a big, uh, you know, monkey off the defense's back. Yeah. Uh, you know, you always want to get that first turnover of the year. And, uh, yeah. And then we go to cruise control. We, we start running the ball. Mm-hmm. We kind of go to cruise control. And, and the thing with the New York giants, when we went to cruise control, we still drove the ball. It wasn't totally. just like, you know, three and outs. We were still running the ball. Well, six yard mm-hmm. carries, five yard carries. It was nice, but I, I yeah. think that's going to be a very similar, like you said, blueprint against this Jacksonville Jaguars team. I also think, and and, and maybe you're going to get to allude to this a little bit, but I think we're going to heavily, heavily pressure Trevor Lawrence based on, yep. uh, Vic Fangio's, uh, history with rookie quarterbacks i think we're going to heavily pressure trevor lawrence and make him make mistakes
1: yeah that that, that's what we want right and and certainly he did some of that mistake making do you have a score prediction jared for the game Ooh, yeah i I
0: think it's going to be pretty low um you know 20 28 i i'd like to see us get into the end zone every single time um 28 to 10 i I think would be good 28 6 something along those lines. I I can definitely see our defense keeping Jacksonville out of the end zone.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, so I think Jared, you're getting to my next rager. I'm taking the Broncos minus six. So right now, currently minus six on the road. I don't even know the last time the Broncos were a touchdown favorite on the road. And I don't know if they will be again, the rest of the year, depending on how this season projects, but Jacksonville is probably the weakest team in the NFL. Um, The Jacksonville stadium is another one of those rate charger stadiums where the fan base is a little bit weak. Everybody's overseas. I mean, their fans are in London. That's where they, that's where Jacksonville's fans are. So, um, you know, I don't know that it's going to be a hostile environment. I don't know that there's going to be much of a home field advantage there. I'm taking the Broncos minus six. I love the minus six. I think Broncos win double digits here. Easy. They roll. Broncos country is going to be asking for a banner. I think we're going to see Teddy. Everybody's going to be wearing two gloves to every football game the rest of the year. I think we're going to coin Teddy Bridgewater, our savior. Quick note here. The Broncos will be like in every teaser that I put together this week. And I love my little six point teasers. At six points right now, you can tease the Broncos to just do a pick em game. I love every bit of that. I think the Broncos roll here. If you're in your little fantasy pools or your pick'em pools broncos to win put them at 16 points weighted as high as you possibly can i think this is a no doubter this week i think the broncos win zero questions i got another line for you jared i you know the lawrence interception line is interesting i got burned on it last week so i'm hesitating a little bit but it's overly juiced minus 160 if you want to play it again jared it's the game right if you're going to give me 20 dollars and i'm going to give you 30 you're going to do that Absolutely. every time right um but I got one more line for you, Jared. I'm going to take McManus's field goals this week. And so um, we saw McManus get two of them last week. He's probably the best kicker, or if not the top three kicker in the league. Right now, the game, for the game, the over-under on a McManus-made field goals is 1.5, meaning if McManus puts in two field goals this week and that we have covered that bet. And so um, I think, Jared, go up quick. Put it in a cruise control. I can see this being a 17-0, 17-3 type of game at halftime. The cruise control is a conservative play. I don't think Vic's playing for his life anymore, so I don't think we're going to see any crazy fourth down go-for-its anymore. I think Vic's bought himself a little bit of time. That fourth down and one at the 32-yard line turns into a field goal for McManus. And, and I think McManus puts in three or four field goals this week, and McManus is a without-a-doubt starter in your fantasy leagues, and I'm going to take McManus over 1.5 field goals for the game this week.
0: I actually, I actually love that. And I, you know, I, I mentioned that we're not going to put the field goals in, but then I, you know, you have to remember that we did go for it a fourth down, what, three times. I've, yeah. And so, you know, and if we don't go for it on fourth down three times, and I don't think in this game, I don't think we'll need to. And I right. think, you know, like we were talking, Fangio needed to get that September monkey off his back. Had he to, really yeah. was pressured and aggressive. I do not see him being that aggressive this week. I like that line a lot.
1: Yeah, I think he. I think he falls back into his old habits, and I, you know, I, I think Vic was literally coaching for his job. I mean, if Vic would have lost that first week, could you imagine what our feed would have been like on Orange Weekly? It would have just oh been goodness. calling for his head, and so, I he Vic was that was he was coaching for his career right there, and so I think Absolutely. this week, I think I, I think it's a blowout win. Um, a little bit more comfortable even than last week. And so that's what we're going to take. Hey, y'all, this is how we do things around here. Not only do we give you the best Broncos content, the best Broncos coverage, but we're going to put money in your pocket. Let's recover it one more time. Recover it? Nah, cover re, re, Recap. We're looking recap. for recap. recapping it one recap more time. We're recovery. Like, we're we're going <laughs> to recap the recovery, and we think Tim Patrick is going to be our number one wide receiver this week at 48.5 receiving yards. We are taking the over. Hammer that rager Albert Okuwebanon, 16.5 reception yards. Absolutely, without a doubt, hammer that Rager. We're going to take the Broncos to cover the six point spread. And we're going to throw them in every teaser that you make. Um, and then we're going to take McManus over 1.5 field goals in the game. That is four Ragers this week. Again, if you're kind of like me, I, I hate having four because if you go two and two, then you kind of, you know, you know, you lose a little bit of money on the juice. I think you just take your flavor. If you're an Albert, or I'm sorry, if you're a Noah Fant guy, take Noah Fant. If you're a Hamler guy, take Hamler. Um, I think both are valuable lines. Hell, if you're a gambling guy like me, take them both because I think they're both <laughs> going to be just fine. I think the overs are going to be good. Broncos are still getting a little disrespected right now. Listen, you pull up any team in the NFL and you look at their number one wide receiver, no team in the NFL is going to have their number one wide receiver sitting at 48.5 yards on the day. I mean, I bet um, Baby Ch- baby Chark on the other side of the line, I bet Baby Chark's line is 65, 75 yards. I haven't looked at it yet. I mean, those are the types of things. I think Vegas is still disrespecting the Broncos. And you know what that means for us. That's some opportunities to make some money. So let's eat, you know. So, Jared, final thoughts.
0: Uh, final thoughts again I, I love this game I love where this game's going We're 4-1 as a Ragers uh, show And we're about to be 8-1 uh, after next week I'd like to see that uh, Real quick though, real quick uh, You know, I usually do this at the beginning of the show I'm going to do this at the end uh, Big announcement We are now officially part of the Pigskin Podcast Network And that includes Ragers here All the Orange Weekly crew and cast are super excited about it uh, Us here at Ragers We're super stoked to be part of the Pigskin Podcast Network That means big, big things coming your way you yes. just wait uh here in the next couple next month or so less than a month here now uh you're going to hear some big things coming from us so uh super happy to be part of that team if you don't follow them pigskin podcast network on all your social medias um go check them out
1: yeah baby so you know what it is we are orange weekly this is the rager show if you need broncos content your way from fans to fans Passionate fans that talk about the real real of the Denver Broncos, man, Orange Weekly has you covered. We got podcast shows, pregame shows, live shows. If you need content every day like we do Monday through Friday, twice on Saturday and about 7 times on Sunday, Orange Weekly <laughs> has you covered. Like always y'all, thanks for rolling with us. This is the Rager Show and y'all know what we do. Let's go Broncos country. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Oh.
0: Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.